1: Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk.
0: In this week's episode, we will be discussing sure of the truth according to God's word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We are back live in PNT podcast studio with another great lesson for another great week. Yep, you guessed it. We're going to be talking about the truth and what is false. So, let's get right down to it. The world and the biblical meaning of truth and false that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. The fact of being untrue, incorrect, or insincere. We can find this biblically in Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellence and praiseworthy, think about such things. I'm going to apologize even before I say a word about this verse. I'm not going to talk about the truth. I want to talk about the untruth about God. I think you all are mature enough and you're old enough and I think you're ready to progress from milk to a little more meat and I'm pretty sure you already know the truth. Yep, I'm guessing you know the truth. I want us to stop thinking on those things we think are true that aren't because the scripture is clear and it says to think on what is true. See, many of us think on things that just aren't true. Here is something that ain't true. As long as I live right, I will go to heaven. Yep, you hear people say that all the time. To be quite honest, that sounds pretty good, but that's only part of it. So that makes it false. You must give your life to Christ. We can only get to the Father by accepting Christ as our Savior from sin. Living right without Christ does not cleanse us of our sin. If you go to church pay your tithes and give to the poor, I'll go to heaven. Again, that sounds plausible. But many of us have done that and that has gotten us nowhere fast. That's only part of it. You must give your life to Christ. Must. It's not a question. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. Mark 10 and 21 says this and it makes it very plain for us. I want you to go read it because I'm going to paraphrase it. Jesus told a rich man that had kept all the commandments since birth, meaning he lived according to the Ten Commandments. He didn't hurt nobody. He didn't do nothing wrong. He didn't say a bad word. He was just a great guy. So Jesus told him, now go sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. The rich man was wealthy and didn't want to give up his wealth in exchange for everlasting life. He made his wealth his Savior, not Christ. See, so you can do all those right things, but until we make Christ the head of our life and we make sure he is number one, There is no promise of heaven. Philippians 4 and 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I know what you're thinking. The scripture doesn't say a lot. It says quite a bit if you ask me. What is the definition of whatever? It means anything, all, no exceptions. Christ said anything you have heard, learned, received, or seen in him, put into practice. Basically, just do what you heard about Christ and what you learned about him. He didn't say whatever the world has taught you or what you have heard from false teachers or what you have seen your favorite athlete, rapper, singer, dancer or person has done. Because if you live by the world standards, there is no promise of God or peace being with you. Let's not even imagine a life without God's peace and protection as we go to break. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio after that short break. Again, we do not want to think about a life without the peace of God with us. So let's look at some practical ways to be sure of the truth by looking at what is false. Yes, we're going to look at it from a different perspective. In all our getting, get knowledge, he said. That means to get the good, the bad, and the indifferent. By getting all and understanding it all, it allows us to know and be sure of the truth. God has always been the one that said, you can test his word against the word of men to see and know the truth. Uh-oh. That would mean you would have to spend some time reading and studying his word. I know. Let's 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 just get to the untruths. Let's go. Let's go. I know what you're thinking. Number one, the first untruth is this. You cannot understand God's word. I think that's one of the biggest myths out there. God's word from the beginning until now and in the future has never been too hard for us to understand or to obey. When Moses was giving God's law to his people, he said this, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. Deuteronomy 30 and 11. Paul wrote by divine inspiration to the Corinthians, and this is what he said. I do not write to you anything more than what you can read or understand. 2 Corinthians 1 and 13. God designed his word with us in mind. Yes, he did. God made it simple enough for us to understand so that we we can simply obey it and flourish and do the things that God has called us to. He made it simple. The second untruth. You need to be a Bible scholar or a pastor to understand his word. No, 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 no. Not true at all. Are the scriptures so cryptic that you need a paid education to understand the Bible? I know many of you think so. That couldn't be farther from the truth. No pun intended. I haven't said that in a while. It wouldn't be fair of God to do such a thing, not unless he wanted a real laugh. Now, think about that. God would get a good laugh out of that. Paul is a good example. He was a scholar, if you didn't know that. But it took a life-altering interaction on a dirt road to re-educate, and show him the truth of God through Christ. Yes, it wasn't through listening to the Pharisees and the religious speakers and and all those scholars back in his day. It was an experience. It is not your education. It's a love of the truth and the will to do God's will. That is what you need. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10 through 11, John 7 and 17. Here's a parting joke, if you will. Knowing chemistry doesn't necessarily make you a good cook. You'll get that later. Number three, the third untruth. You need a special key or password to unlock the scriptures. False teachers will lead you to believe you have to know a secret handshake or possess a key to unlock the real secrets hidden in the Bible. There's nothing hidden in the Bible that God doesn't want you to know. He wants you to know everything from the beginning to the end and everything in between. The Bible does not need a riddle wrapped around a piece of bazooka bubblegum to receive its knowledge. Yes, you don't need a piece of bubble gum with some riddle and some fortune telling. It can't be locked. The Bible is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Psalms 119 and 105. See, therefore, if it's, if it's a lamp or a path, it's not locked. See, because if it's a lamp or it's a pathway, I wouldn't be able to see it and I wouldn't be able to walk on it. So therefore, he wouldn't tell me that. If anything, it's the key to to the rest of your life as a Christian. It simply sets you free like it did Paul, who used to be Saul on that dirt road. Number four, the fourth untruth. The Bible is no longer relevant in 2021. And <laughs> probably one of the craziest things a person can think. The Bible is an ancient book, like an artifact that belongs in the museum on display as a memory that God people feel. See, that's what people think it is. They just think it's a book that should be considered an artifact in the museum showing that God, people failed time and time again. But the good news is that the part in the Bible where there's the New Testament, where Jesus came, it helped us to not be failures in God. Many people take the attitude that anything more than five years old is out of date. (laughs) Now, you young people would have to say probably anything last year or probably six months ago is actually out of date. We can all agree it's a thousand years old. Yes, we will agree that it's an old book. We have a bigger problem, though. Here's an ancient problem called sin. Yes, sin still lives today, and it was there back then. Think about it. In Genesis, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they sinned, And it is thriving and still alive today and needs to be fixed. The sacrifice to redeem us from sin is just as ancient. Yet, Jesus Christ is still the only answer that has ever been found. People are still looking for ways to get around their sin, to get over their sin. And like I said earlier, you can't live right. You can't just go to church and do all those right things. <laughs> we, we saw that in the rich ruler. Yep, the, well, not the rich ruler, the rich man. He did all the good things, but he still, still can go to heaven without knowing Christ. So the only answer found for our sin is Christ. Guess what? It's in the ancient old Bible because it tells us in there. You know what it says? Watch this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, that is in the Bible. So if we just put it in a museum, call it an artifact, then we'll never know that truth. So take that Bible from under your desk or wherever you have it, wipe the dust off and read it. Thus, the Bible will never be irrelevant because of the truths that are in it that will help guide our lives. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner.
1: Hey, Minister Bennett.
0: What y'all rapping about over here?
1: We were chatting about 1 John chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, which reads... And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. I asked if anyone could tell me what these two verses mean. And one said, we shouldn't be afraid when Jesus returns. I said, that is good, but I'm looking for a little bit more. So there were puzzled looks. I explained that if we say that we are Christians, then we will not be ashamed of standing before Christ when he returns. We should be walking in and practicing righteousness. That's when we know that we are abiding in him. Now remember, we do not know the day nor the hour when he shall appear or when he will call us home, to heaven that is. So if you are out there wilding out and acting a fool, not even thinking, thinking about living a life for Christ, you need to be very afraid to stand before him. God has placed so many witnesses around us to give testimony of who he is and all that he has done for us, dying on the cross for our sins, that we should want to repay him with our lives, with being a witness for him, with living a life that's pleasing and acceptable to him. I asked how many of you want to make your parents happy? All of the hands went up. So I said, why? Why do you want to make them happy? And I heard, because they take care of me. I said, well, how do they take care of you? I heard, buy me clothes, feed me, take me to the store, take me to my friend's house, take me on trips. So I said, okay, now with that being said, God woke us up this morning, gave our parents jobs to have money for a home for us to live in and have food for us to eat, having a car to take us to buy things to take us on trips, having money for those sporting events, those musical instruments. God made that happen. So, shouldn't we do everything we can to make Him happy? And I dropped the mic and let that marinate in their spirits. Here at PT Podcast, we. Pray that you take all of these nuggets that we give you to heart. Test what we say and do as 2 Timothy 2.15 says. And be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, and as always, don't forget, we feature some of your comments or respond to your questions on the fourth or fifth week of each month. So drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up at PNTPodcast2020 at gmail.com.
0: In summary, the importance of being sure of the truth of God. What or who is God's truth? Jesus stood before all men and proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Despite us hearing and knowing that truth, Jesus said, at that time, many will fall away, and will portray and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Matthew 24, 10, and 11. I close with this quote from one of the greatest men we know, Martin Luther King. I still believe that standing up for the truth of God is the greatest thing in the world. This is the end, purpose of life. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. it's Christian Education Ministry in association with real time with the bennets or real talk what you got it happens all the time yeah it's
1: like that